You probably know that Facebook is one of the most important traffic sources on the web. I mean, everyone's there, right? But what you might not know is that you don't actually need to pay Facebook for ads in order to get access to their traffic. Behind the scenes, some of the smartest people in the world are actually using Facebook to drive traffic for free. In this episode, we're going to talk to, in my opinion, the smartest Facebook person in the world, Rachel Miller. Behind the scenes, she's been behind, I think, over a dozen fan pages that have gone over a million followers. She's used Facebook to drive millions upon millions, tens of millions, maybe even hundreds of millions of visitors for free. And in this episode, she's going to show you how to get started from scratch. Even if you don't have a fan page, even if you don't have a big following, even if you are just a stay-at-home mom like she was, and you want to know how to use Facebook to your benefit, this episode could be life-changing for you. Let's dive in, and after the short intro, I'll introduce you to Rachel Miller. I'm John Morrow, and this is Break Through the Noise. podcast about rising above all the noise out there, all the endless ads and content and notification and get people to pay attention to you. Not just for a moment, not just for one poster video. On this podcast, you'll learn how to create lifelong fans who hang on your every word so you never have to break through the noise again. So hello everyone, this is John Morrow here from Smart Blogger with Break Through the Noise, and I have Rachel Miller with hello. me. Hello, hello, one of my favorite people in the world. And today we're going to be talking about all things Facebook. I'm also going to be introducing you just to Rachel because, I mean, Facebook is a huge part of the traffic online, and Rachel is, in my opinion, the smartest person in the world when it comes to getting organic traffic from Facebook. So this is going to be a real treat for you guys. Oh. I'm so excited. Well, thank you, John. I love hanging out with you. You're one of my favorite people too, and you know it. So can't wait to hang out with you again in a couple months. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, let's talk a little bit about how all of this started for you. I mean, <laughs> what was your first like big breakthrough Facebook page? Yeah, my it started with me when I was a stay-at-home mom, and I wasn't quite a stay-at-home mom by choice. I had two babies really close together, and I couldn't afford daycare, so I started working from yeah. home. And originally, I started as a content writer, and that's where you have a lot of people start. They come to you to help them get started writing for other people's websites, and that's actually how I began. I began writing for, like, German arts sites and for, like, okay. we're talking, like, Japanese company that made these it's like not apps but like the software programs and so they they were creating manuals for that online and so I wrote their manuals online I don't even remember the name of the company but it was like written in it was a Japanese company and they were writing it Japanese people writing it in English and then I would rewrite it from English into like normal people speak <laughs> it was 
yeah, it was so monotonous and so horrible. Yeah, sounds horrible. Sounds like the least fun job. Yeah. And no one ever reads those manuals. Like, when do you open a software manual and actually read it? Like, I don't know. I never do. So I felt very, like, pointless. Like, I was doing something for nothing. Mm-hmm. And my husband heard how frustrated I was. And he's like, well, I hear that people do blogs now. So why don't you have a blog? And so he's like, stop complaining. We're just going to make it right now. And so he's like, what do you want to call it? And I called it Quirky Mama because I even misspelled it because Mama is typically spelled M-A-M-A, but I spelled it M-O-M-M-A because I was like sounding it out phonetically or something in that moment. We bought the URL and that's kind of where my life began in the online space because before that I was writing tech manuals (laughs) and that we would put online, but no one would read. Like that totally is not like a... That's to my mind was just how I started in the sense I needed to start somewhere and you might as well learn from someone paying you. And so I'm super grateful for that company who did invest in me training to write blog posts, write these websites to create content, how to structure content. They did give me that training. So I'm super grateful for them for that. And then that let me then begin my own blog. And oh, my word, John, it just exploded. It was so cool. And I used it almost to fill a need that I had because I was lonely. I was there at home by myself and I needed to connect with other people. And so my blog became my social life. And so my readers became like my my good friends. And I think the readers on the other end could feel that because we grew from 13,000 fans to 1 million in a year. And then I grew it to 2.2 million before I left that blog. And that one, we were getting 10 million page views a month when I left it. It was insane what the results are of loving your audience. And so I left that blog and then I created three more. And after the third or fourth one, I asked some friends, do you want me to show you how to grow traffic? Not the blog, because the blog wasn't exciting for me. But what was exciting for me was collecting the people that then I could drive to my blog or drive to my store or drive to anything that I wanted to drive that traffic to. And they said yes, overwhelmingly. And my newest business has been started. And it's been three years now that I've been helping people grow organic audiences on Facebook. Yeah, it's crazy. Like all of the people I know who have big Facebook pages are like, yeah, Rachel told me what to do. And I did it and it worked. (laughs) It does. You know how you've got imposter syndrome just for all of you that are out there and you're starting out wondering if you can do this. Guys, I have that even now. I wonder, can I do this? Like, can I really do this? (laughs) And I have to. I want you, if you're one of those people who's struggling with that little voice on your shoulder saying, can you do this? I want you to look at your past successes and look at your successes, even the ones that aren't necessarily business related. Can I do this? I look back at my past of being able to become friends with people who were so different from me. And hey, I can become friends with them in real life. I bet I can do it online. Okay, I can bring traffic to myself. Look at your past successes. Look at your skills and almost give yourself a pep talk and tell that little voice on your shoulder to shut up. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, you were a stay-at-home mom with two kids at the time. Yeah. How many do you have now, by the way? I have six kids. It's crazy. You have six kids, and you're definitely the quirky mama. I mean, oh, so word, yeah. Was... yeah I, I, I own that that, that a title. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally appropriate. You were at home with two kids. You started this blog, and I've had similar experiences. The, the whole thing of I'm just this person, like, 
in front of my computer in my like little in my case it was like I was in my crappy little apartment in the beginning just like riding away and all of a sudden explodes and you're like is this real like is this me you know what's going on here and what did I just do that 10 million people wanted to listen to what I had to say and then later on like they flew me good morning America flew me to like do a live show on their stage and I'm like me? Are you sure? Like you want? And then um, we even had like we had two offers for a reality TV show. Guys, like I'm never gonna be on a reality TV show. That's <laughs> never gonna happen. But no. the fact that they offered it to me, I'm like, are you? Did I did I get that offer? I did. And then we had two books that came out. And I mean, just the doors that open when you have people there to listen to, because we all have this need inside of us to make a difference in the world. And John's doing, you're doing that. I mean, you're making a difference in so many people who are starting their writing careers. It's just beautiful. It's, it's, it's goosebumpy what's happening. And we all, I know your, your audience that as they're beginning their writing careers, they have that same desire to make a difference in the world. That's, I think, if we can open that up for our people and for the people that are with us, that they can make a difference using our content the world just opens up and it's it's really cool. And I don't think most people are aware of exactly how dominant Facebook is in the traffic world. I mean, I think everyone knows it's big. Everyone knows it's a big thing that everyone uses. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know what stats you've seen. The stats I've seen are like It's insane. Ne- Right and it's not neck just and neck with Google, right? Yeah, Somewhere it's in not just insane with just Facebook. You got to remember, Facebook also is now WhatsApp, which yeah. is the largest messenger platform in the world. Facebook runs messenger platform for messenger chat and for Instagram. They're all on a platform called Lightning now. And then they also have Instagram. So when you combine and remember, we can retarget and schedule posts from Facebook into Instagram. So Facebook is that starting place where now you can reach people on WhatsApp and Messenger. And now you can reach people on Instagram. And now you can, with audience network, reach people even on websites everywhere and blogs everywhere. It's almost the launching pad for the Internet. It's crazy. Like when I've had posts go viral online, the number one referrer for traffic is always Facebook. Usually by a landslide. It's just huge. And one thing to know with traffic, too, is Facebook brings those virals, but you still want the SEO, which you're so good at. You still want the SEO for the long tail word, because if we live viral to viral, that's like feast or famine. So you want to combine the power of virals on Facebook with the long, dependable traffic of SEO. (laughs) Because if you do just one, I don't think I think your business is. Not as robust as it could be. Yeah, it's true. I mean, just to give everyone a very concrete example. So my last big viral was my post on Unstoppable.me that I launched the post or launched the blog with. And it got something like a million visitors, a million unique visitors in the first month. The, the very first post of the blog. But when you look at that post a year later, because that particular post isn't optimized for search. Now, I should probably go back and try to optimize it. But because it's not optimized, it gets maybe 10,000 visitors a month of just organic traffic. And that's because social is just so you get those huge surges and hopefully you capitalize on them and use them to build traffic from other places as well. But it is spiky. 
Yeah, it's right. spiky. But right. one thing to know is that Google tracks social proof. Yep. So when you have a viral, as soon as the viral is over, you want to like, or even days as it's going, then you want to go in and optimize it. So that way Google at that time sees all this social proof coming into it. And it's like, whoa, this is hot stuff. Let's make sure we push it out to more people. Yeah, exactly. So if I wanted to go back and I mean, kind of stupidly at the time, I was just focused on going viral, wasn't thinking about keywords. But if I wanted to go back, I could optimize it for search and even retrospectively, like it would all of a sudden start ranking yeah. just because I optimized it, even though it's been two years since I published it. You totally, totally could. And they do take off pretty quickly again. So I'm excited to see if that works for you. Yeah, I'm sure it will. So, I mean, to go back to your side of things. So you sold one blog. I'm guessing you sold it. Yes. Okay. So you sold one blog. You moved into starting three other blogs. I mean, you built multiple Facebook pages, yes. right? They just had millions of followers. Yes. I grew um, one page to 2.2 million, and then I grew one page to over, I think we're almost at 600,000 now. And then I grew two more pages to over 200,000, and I grew several other pages where I've earned um, well over $3,000 a month per page. So some of them are smaller audiences, but like Moolah, which is a small audience of like 18,000, I've earned over 3.2 million off of it right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Sometimes the biggest audiences are not the ones that make the most money. I mean, I've made decent money on the other ones too. It's just audiences. You don't always need a big number of an audience to make a big impact. So it's true. It's true. I mean, it's funny. Every time you and I talk and I listen to all of the genius stuff you do, I'm like, why am I not building a Facebook page? So everyone here, by the way, that's listening to this, do not be this way like I am right now where I'm listening to Rachel, who I've known for years <laughs> now, and I haven't done everything you talk about because it really does work, and it works in a lot of spaces too. So, I mean, let's talk a little bit about that. Where do like viral Facebook pages and building a Facebook page where does it tend to work really well and where does it tend not to work so well? I believe almost every niche could benefit from a Facebook page unless you're in those niches that are against terms of service. So that would be things like adult services or drugs or weapons or anything, violence, you know, selling animals. All of those things are like against Facebook's terms of service. So as long as it's not a niche that's against the terms of service, it works in pretty much every niche. The difference, though, is the way you go about your content. So often, this is something that bloggers and writers struggle with. They like to talk about themselves or right. they like to talk about everything. And like we had one client, I bring her up every single time just because she's just super convenient and she doesn't mind that I talk about her, even though I'm never going to say her name. But she had a website that does deck plans. She's an older lady. Um, like yeah. She was a retired older lady and she was like, you know, the Rosie the Riveter, she's out there building her own deck. Like, dude, like hats off to her. That's awesome. <laughs> Grandma's out there building a deck. Totally cool. Making her own deck plans, putting in her deck by herself. So cool. That's cool. Then she had about her dog. She also liked to travel and she liked margarita recipes. So she would put margarita recipes up there on her blog and then she'd give you her deck plans. And then she'd talk about the last time she went to Maui. But the reality is, we probably didn't want to hear about Maui if we were coming for her deck plans. Right. And while we might want an occasional recipe for margaritas, probably won't want 17 of them. 
and 17 deck plants. Like it just didn't mesh. Does that make sense? So she was trying to be everything that she was passionate about in one website instead of thinking, okay, maybe I could do two websites and I could do like margaritas on your deck and I could do travel with my dog, like separating them out a little bit. So that way she could zero in on her perfect people. If you're trying to either be about yourself, well, the number of people that like are already your fans probably is kind of on the small scale. (laughs) my guess is under 100 yeah. would really be truly like I want to hear everything you ever have to say and then on the other end of the spectrum is where they're about all the things that they're interested in and the reality is that again how many people are as passionate about all of those topics the same level that you are probably not that many so my suggestion would be to pick one thing that you're going to be about and to go all in on that one thing and to talk for your audience about that one thing. So if it is margarita recipes, then you're all, we love margaritas, you know, margaritas for me. That's the type of thing that you would be posting because those are the words your audience would say about margaritas. And I guess it probably works the best. I mean, I know people who are like really passionate about margaritas. So I'm sure that helps in growing the page, right? When people have like a passion about the topic. Yes, it's a lot easier. And here's the thing, though, even if you're, say, like a financial coach, that's a really hard topic to attract people. One, because Facebook doesn't like you talking about getting out of debt and get rich quick schemes and credit cards. Like that's a iffy topic. And people don't want to necessarily go public that they're being coached by somebody who's a financial advisor. But if you went about it from a different angle, something like wealth advisory or financial freedom or business and numbers, you know, something that's something that people would relate to and will say, oh, I'll follow that. It doesn't make me look bad. It doesn't make me feel awkward. It's something that I could claim. Whereas often when we position it about us, it's something we can't necessarily claim. I don't know if it made sense on that one. Yeah, no, it does. So to give an example from my own stuff, like if I write a post about how to make a million dollars as a blogger, Facebook doesn't really like me sharing that very much because it looks like a get-rich-quick type of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not technically a banned topic, I don't think, but it's kind of shady just by – there are other even more shady people sharing that type of stuff, how to get rich quick doing X, right? Now, what I often do, though, is do something like – how to make a living as a writer and travel the world. Something like that where you start talking about the lifestyle rather than so much the dollars. And mm-hmm. Facebook seems to be much more fine with, yeah. that, with those kinds of things. Yeah, they don't mind talking about lifestyle stuff. And frankly, your audience likes that more too. Yeah, well, it sounds more achievable. It's where, mm-hmm. where people's minds. So yeah, I totally see that. Well, what if you have, I mean, so this is something I've been curious about. What if you have like a super boring, super, super boring, like, like, let me try to think of like the hardest one. So I actually worked with a industrial filter manufacturer. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> when I got Who was their client? With like Reese's, where they would like buy filters okay. to put in their manufacturing process. Okay. So their customer are manufacturer people. Yeah, it's like the people putting together the assembly lines, basically, for different kinds of products. Awesome. Well, you're not going to talk about your filtration system. You're going to talk about what does your perfect client want. 
to talk about themselves, that they're an awesome logistician, is that a word, of running a warehouse where they can, I'm the best warehouse organizer. That's the type of thing that your perfect person would want to say. And on the back end of that, you say, oh, by the way, we got this air filtration system that only you guys want and need. Yeah. So, I mean, that's so perfect. And by the way, I'm very impressed that you managed to pull that one off because that was really hard. Um, (laughs) We helped one person with science tubes and like universities. She's like, the, um, the only clients that buy this are like, labs of universities or big hospitals that need this type of whatever chemistry sets and you're like so i need to make this good what do those people like and i'm like actually the person you need to reach is the buyer of those things because the science person might have something to say but my guess is it's the girl that's working in the science one as an intern <laughs> is picking like doing the research for what product and so what can we do for them and that was about science careers and careers in chemistry and that's how she built her audience. I mean, that's really cool. And yeah, I mean, I could see it working. I mean, it might be, I could imagine him starting a page like assembly line life or, or, or something. I mean, where it's like all of these people who make these assembly lines and why we're so important and we're exactly. delivering goods to America and oh, yes. all of the things they're really passionate about, right? Yeah. And how you can shave time off of delivery so people can get their goods faster. That's super cool. And efficiency and different processes. Oh, I can I can see that doing really, really well. And then what what you would do is you would come back around after you'd built that audience up and every now and again mention your filters that you're selling as a way to accomplish all of those things. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing with building an audience that's really awesome is that once you have the audience, you know what that audience buys. You, they buy filtration systems that manufacturing centers use. But in addition to that, they also buy other things that manufacturing centers use. So you have now the ability to sell multiple products to that person. You're not just stuck with one product with one audience because now you're, you, you own the audience. You can scale that to kingdom come. Yeah, that's the big secret, right? Is you rather than building a an online presence around a particular product, the majority of the time it's far better to build it around the audience. And you may start with one product that you're offering, but then there's no reason why you can't expand your offerings to other things that they want to buy, whether you sell it yourself or you just endorse someone else that you think does a really good job. And maybe collect an affiliate commission on what yes. they're doing. And your people will love you for that because you become the spot where they can go for vendors. I know personally, we've been burdened with vendors and I've wished there's a place I could go to like get all over vendor help. And I'm guessing that your community of warehouse logisticians <laughs> want to know where they want a community too. They want to geek out with other people and brag about how big their warehouses are and brag about how they made differences and then get feedback on what vendors are trustworthy because they've been burned before. Such a great example. Somewhere there's going to be like some warehouse person that makes a ton of money off of us talking about this. It's going to be a hilarious story. Oh, I would love to see a membership for warehouses because I know a lot of sellers who have inventory and they've, they're struggling to scale because they don't have the ability to fulfill because they're just disorganized. <laughs> well, and they have money. I mean, so in this case, the filter we sold was $8,000. And I mean, a company would come in like Reese's and buy 100 filters. 
Yeah. So, I mean, the amount of money was crazy. So if you built that audience, who knows how much money you could make? It's really cool to see what's possible when you have um, an audience. And that's that's what I love to see people create is basically how to love people. Because when you have an audience, what you're ultimately doing is loving those people. Because you're going to love them and you're going to serve them. You're going to ask them what they need. You're going to provide them the things that they will make the most difference in their lives. And, yeah, that's what I love to do. I mean, obviously, I mean, by the way, no one can see me here, but I am wearing this real chinchilla blanket that Rachel sent me just out of love because she wanted to send me something amazing that came all the way from Greece. And um, and I'm sitting here wearing it, feeling the Rachel love. So, (laughs) But, I mean, this is one of the reasons why I think you have taken off is that you are so passionate about helping everyone in your audience. I want to see people make a difference. And I know your audience has that message inside them, that thing that they're really good at that other people need in their lives. And I I love connecting. I love collecting and connecting people. So if, if I know someone is good at something, I want to see them make a difference in someone else's life that I know needs that thing that they're really good at. And you you can't really make an impact if you don't have people there listening to you. And the majority of us, if you don't like me when I was starting out, guys, I had six kids. I, I had no money for ads. I mean, I barely had we were four hundred dollars short every single paycheck. And I knew exactly that we were four hundred dollars short. Like I knew every penny that was gone that we didn't have. And we kept coming up short for a little while there until my blog took off. And so I I remember cutting coupons. So I know what it's like to not have the money for ads. And I know that we tell ourselves these games like you have to pay to play on Facebook or Facebook is dead or I can't start a business yet. Here's all these big businesses. I can't do it. But I I want your people to know that if they have a gift inside of them, then they kind of have a duty to make a difference in someone's life. And they can do it. And I mean, I was able to. And I've seen so many other people make such a huge impact. And it's almost they have a calling and they they need to follow that calling. And um, there's no time like the present, even if you don't have money for ads. I mean, that's so awesome. I mean, it's great that what I love about this is most people, when they talk about growing a business on Facebook, they have a strategy that's based on ads. And I mean, if you have money, so like we spend money on ads. I know a lot of people who spend money on ads. I'm not saying it's dumb by any means, but when you were a beginner, when I was a beginner, I didn't have $10,000 a month to spend on ads, right? Oh, and John, you would love my ad bill this month. My uh, team is scaling me, so they want us to have a really big launch, and so this time we're putting a lot of money into ads. And I mean, we've never put more than Oh, I don't know, a couple thousand here and a couple thousand there. So this time, guys, we're we're it's it's crazy, but but there is a time for ads and there's also a time for organic, and it's exciting to see them work together. And they totally do. I mean, mm-hmm. w- one of the the great things is once you have an organic viral, then a lot of times you can advertise that to push it even further. Oh, yeah. 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 No, you can. And the cool thing is when you know, how do I say it? If ads magnify what you already have. So if you have a dead audience and you run ads, well, you haven't fixed your messaging yet. You haven't fixed your sales sequence. So you're still going to have more dead people now because you bought more people to see it. And you're still going to have less people buying because now you've got you're still going to have sales. So it magnifies what you have. 
if your organic does well, you know you've nailed your messaging, you know you've nailed the content that they're interested in, now you can put money behind it and it almost it explodes what you've got versus bursting what you have. Am I making sense? Yeah, totally. Totally. No, I mean, it's kind of like, I think this was a Warren Buffett quote, which is one of my favorite like wise quotes, which is money doesn't make people evil. It actually doesn't change people at all. It just makes them more of what they already were. I love uh, that. It's so if they're a great, generous person before, they're a great, generous person after. If they were a jerk before, they're an even bigger jerk after. And so it's kind of like the same thing with ads. I mean, you throw money on what you have, and it, it just expands what you already have. And if you had nothing before the ads, you're probably going to have nothing after. So, so true. So, I mean, let's talk about – let's say I am a, a stay-at-home mom with two kids. I, I'm clipping coupons. I don't have a whole bunch of money to do anything, but I'm just, like, fascinated by this whole idea of building an audience – on Facebook and trying to turn that into a business. And let's also say, you know, I'm not Rachel Miller. I'm not John Morrow. I don't have a million people paying attention to me. How do you get started? What do you do? Well, my favorite way to get started, now this only works for your first 100 fans, is to use your personal profile to segment friend interest list. So while that sounds super complicated and technical. It's not guys. It's like a single button click thing. And it's just a task that you do because I'm guessing that each and every one of us, when we have that message, that thing that we know we can make a difference in someone's life with, we can think of someone in our life who needs that thing, right? So they may not be ready to hear about it from us, but we know we can picture who that person is. So what I would do to start is to add those perfect people into a friend segment list. And then when you have about 100, 200 of them, then open up your page. Now, and then invite those people who are on your friend list into your page. Now, one thing to know too, is that when you're working from a page, you can scale beyond just your friends. So this system of using your friend interest list to as your, your seed money, almost your seed audience, works only for the first 100. Um, max, max, like 250, 300. After that, you want to make sure you're scaling into organic methods because otherwise it, you're you're capped by how many people know you. And that's a really small number ultimately. So we want to make sure we branch out past that. So yeah, we start with friend profiles and your friends, add them to a page, and then we add them into groups. And we interact in groups as our per ourself. We interact in groups as our page. And as we do those things and we interact on other people's pages as our page and other people's pages as ourselves, as we interact, I call those niche neighborhood tasks. As we do those niche neighborhooding tasks, we see our audience slowly grow. And then there's a, a, a snowballing point when you get over a thousand people. So sometimes it takes um, a couple weeks and sometimes even a couple months to get to that that snowballing stage. We have seen people do it really fast. So there are like when I, I mean, I can tell you stories of people who've done it in like three days, but they're the anomaly that are not normal people. Once you get to a snowball stage, you're able to usually between one and four thousand. You're able to test products with them because there's enough people there to see your content to say, hey, would you buy this? Okay, you didn't buy that one. Would you buy this instead? No, you didn't buy that either. How about this? Would you buy this? And then they buy, and now you've got a proven concept, and that's now a scalable business model. So you, it's much easier to start when you have an audience to figure out what those people will buy than to have this idea in your mind that I'm going to make X 
for these people and not test it and find out that they don't actually want that product or that you don't even know how to talk to those people. So you should probably pivot into a different audience. Yeah, being able to test with a small audience or even being able to test quickly like that, it's such a huge advantage. It's such a huge advantage. I mean, the worst feeling in the world is creating a product no one wants and then finding out after. It is, it is. And that's why I like people to start with their personal profile and then pivot into a page. From your page, test your audience and find out what they convert with. And then after they're on the page, I don't want you to stay with a page. I want you to have them on an email list or in a Facebook group in another way, uh, SMS where people can you can text them things. I want you to have them on a list so you can control further interaction with them. So you can go deeper because just like each of your listeners that are listening right now, they're not just on pages. They're not just in Facebook groups. They're not just on their profile. They're in a lot of different places. So we want our brands to be in multiple places as well. And it's amazing how much you learn. I mean, even just saying, so we have applied your principles to creating content for smart blogger readers. And some of the things we found out were really interesting. So like when we, yeah, I mean, so like when we shared about things like how to get more traffic or SEO, it didn't get a lot of traction on Facebook. But when we shared about what it's like living with a writer and, and also things like, you know, if you could write from anywhere in the world, where would you live and get people to comment? Mm-hmm. You know, and those types of things that were lifestyle oriented, that were identity oriented, did really, really, really well, which signaled to us most people are actually not yet in the stage of saying, oh, I want to learn everything about SEO and how to get optimized for Google. But I would love, you know, just to connect with other writers, to find someone who understands me, that I love writing, all of those kinds of things. Well, that's actually something you said right there. You said the identity stage. And frankly, that's where almost everyone is. We all want to identify with the things that matter the most to us. So your people, just like all the people in the world, they're like, I identify as, um, well, one of my team members, he identifies as somebody who loves Subarus, like the car. That's not me, but that's him. So he identifies as that. And when he finds somebody else wearing like a Subaru logo or or driving a souped up Subaru, he like has an instant connection with them. We all have that desire for instant connection. And when we can add, I call it triggers, when we can add those triggers into our content that that trigger us. And when we say triggers, sometimes it triggers us in a bad way. Like like it makes me mad when my kids yeah. drop their backpacks all over the floor for the umpteenth time and it triggers me and I go, ah. that's a negative trigger. But a good trigger is when I'm watching a movie at nighttime and I'm thinking, huh, it's movie time. I usually eat ice cream when I'm watching a movie. Why don't we have popcorn or ice cream? That's like a positive trigger, right? So for those of you who are listening, think of the triggers that your audience has. And they're almost identity things. Like it's part of my identity to sit on the couch at night and and snack. It's not a healthy habit, but it's part of like who I am, right? And just like it's part of who my coworker to have a Subaru that's souped up. What are those identity things that that your audience connects to? And if you can put those triggers, those those reminders of those identities into your content, it just causes your content to relate so much more to your audience. And looking back here, the, the one that got the most shares was actually one about all the ways writers procrastinate. 
Because who doesn't get triggered by that? I love yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> and but you know, cleaning the house and doing all of these things, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. everyone could identify with that. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I totally procrastinate. I've so. done that before. You want your well, audience to say, "I've done that before," or "That's me" when they see your content. So let's talk just a little bit about content and how to get reach. I mean, so let's say you get those first few hundred fans and you start putting out some content. What kind of things should you focus on in the beginning? I want people to focus on who their audience is. That's the first thing, because when you start saying the message that your audience says about themselves, they're going to start liking that content. And when they like the post, you get to invite them to like your page. And that's one of the easiest ways to grow your audience. Often memes do this, questions, conversation starters do this. So once you've got them liking your content and you've invited them to like your page and they say yes, then you move into going deeper. So that would be like getting them to have a back and forth conversation with somebody else on your content. And you think, oh, I can't do that. How do I get them to engage? But the reality is all you have to do is ask questions. People love to talk. And if you're asking questions that make them look and feel good, they're going to like be the experts. They're going to come and everyone wants to answer, you know, do, show off that what they know about the topic that they're most passionate about. And the more they're talking about that topic, they probably know two or three or five or 50 other people that are also passionate about that topic, too, because people tend to connect with other people who are just like them. So as you're getting them to talk on your page and there's that back and forth dialogue, other people that are similar to them are seeing that conversation and they're joining you and they're joining your your little community that you've created. The point of Facebook is to make the world smaller and to help people connect to each other, help people be less lonely because they know they're not the only one who's as passionate about Subarus or who has kids who drop backpacks all over the floor. We all want to know we're not alone. And that's what Facebook does. So if your content says that and it finds people similar to them, then you invite them to like your page. You have a back and forth conversation with them. And ultimately, you begin testing them for products that you're going to sell to them. And a big piece here of breaking through the noise, I mean, just to to circle back to something that I keep hearing you say over and over again, and I keep thinking about over and over again, if you can become that person that they feel like understands them and their passions more than anyone else, then that's when your engagement just yes. goes through the roof. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, people want to feel like they're not the only one. And you you get that message. You have that gift to, to help them feel connected. And what kind of content you ask for, like what specific do I do? I like to do photos. I rotate my content that I post. So I post generally four different types of content. I post a photo, a video, a conversation starter, and then something that I'm driving traffic to for myself. Because I the point of this audience is to serve me like it's, I mean, I'm serving others, but I'm also like going to get something out of this. So that might be a poll if I'm trying to figure out what product they want. It might be a T-shirt on a store to see if they're interested in buying a T-shirt. I'm going to see what they buy and I'm not probably going to see what they buy before I even start making my own product. I'm not going to spend the time setting up a T-shirt store until I know they actually buy T-shirts because maybe they don't buy T-shirts. Instead, they buy crockpots. I don't know. We got to test them and find out. But I like to rotate my types of content. So I start with a photo and those often could be memes 
or it could be something interesting. It could be an infographic. And then the next one is a video and that could be a Facebook live. It could be a selfie video. It could be a boomerang. And then after that, a conversation starter. And I love conversation starters on a page because people love to talk. And that's what our our purpose is, is to help people connect and help people feel loved and help people know that they're not alone, right? So conversations definitely do that. And then of course, driving traffic to whatever it is that your your purpose is with your audience. I guess we can start to wrap up just by talking about, I mean, once you do build that audience, I mean, so there are a few different things you can do. I mean, you can link directly to products, but it may be your sharing blog content mm-hmm. as yeah. p- part of what you're doing. And I love to put blog content, one out of every four posts, I'll make the actual going to my blog. But sometimes I might put teasers of my blog where I'll take like a paragraph out of it and stick it into a post. And then I'll leave the link in the comments. Or I'll even do something where I attach Messenger to it. And so they can click through to Messenger and then get the link on Messenger. So that way I've got a lot of different ways to retarget them when they forget that my blog exists a couple months later. Yep. And that's the great thing. So I mean, just to give the big idea to to everyone here. So the idea is you build a page around your audience. Correct me if I get anything wrong here, Rachel. Mm -hmm. So build a page around your audience, grow it up, get people to start paying attention to you there. And then what you're doing is you can, number one, get distribution to their news feed, right? But the reason why you mentioned like leaving the link in the comments If you share a lot of links, Facebook starts reducing your reach, reach, Yes, right? Because you're taking people outside Facebook. Yes, yes. So that's one of the reasons why I like to have diverse content. So yes, there are times when live video, there was like a year ago, live video was everything. So when you did lives, you just got so much reach. But the reality is there's so many different types of content. And when Facebook took away the reach of lives from people's feed, then people were like, wait, there's Facebook is dead. No, it's not dead. They just shifted it. Now it's a little bit more on photos or now it's a little bit more on conversation starters. If you use all four types of content, it helps you weather those storms and maintain that reach. And yes, and of course, putting links in the comments definitely helps because anytime you're driving traffic away from the platform, be it Instagram, be it Facebook, be it LinkedIn, they give you slightly less reach than if you kept the the traffic on the platform. So one of the things you do, I mean, like you said, is you can engage with people on the platform, like with ManyChat, or which is Facebook Messenger, or you can do it with Facebook groups. I mean, by the way, I mean, this could be a whole nother episode at some point, but everyone, I don't think knows this, but we did a Facebook group challenge that Rachel guided me through. And I mean, not only did it make like $60,000 in two weeks, which is great. Actually, what I was most proud of is we got people who had like never engaged with us before to go in and write their first blog post. And we had like 400 people publish their first blog post. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, you see that and you see people saying, oh, my God. I've been thinking about writing a blog post for years. I've finally done it. That feels so, so good. Do you realize what's really cool about that, though, is because they did it because they weren't alone. That's what you help them. You help them connect to each other so they weren't alone. When are you going to redo that challenge? 
we're planning tentatively for January. Ooh. So, yeah, we're going to have to do it again. It'll be my second time through. Cofield will be even bigger now that we've learned. But it's so exciting. I mean, just like you said, yeah. sharing the love. I mean, I'm proud of the sales. That's great. But what I'm really proud of is just all of the people that we helped take a step forward oh. that, that couldn't before. Yeah. And I love that. And they don't feel alone. They know that they can do it. They have a posse that's there. Your posse is there having their back and they can do this. I just love it. It's goosebumps. When you first, I don't know if your audience is like this, but for me, I was like, I'm looking back to when I was at stay at home mom and I was forced to quit my teaching job. And now I felt like my life was like not over because I mean, I was, I'm, 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 I was a melodramatic 24 year old. So whatever. My life was not over. But in my mind, like everything, nothing good was happening, you know, and to get you out of that mental state into a state of I can from all the things when you're focusing on all the negatives, I can't. It takes like an act of action. And when you have that first action step that you can take and you can see the results of taking an action, suddenly you're like, wait a second. Forget that I can't stuff. I got this. I can do it. Look, I just did this. I just did this. And that's what your challenge did for those people. So it's super cool because they're now in a mindset that they know the the sky's the limit. Yeah. And just during the challenge, those, I mean, so yes, we did a good thing. But just during the challenge, we made $60,000 from those 400 people. Not Whoa. from our entire list, just Whoa. from those 400 people. Oh, my word. That, that, that conversion rate's really good. Yeah. And then yeah. from there, what I want to do is look, you know, six months down the road. Because I imagine those 400 people, a lot of those people, now that they've written their first post, they've taken the step forward. They're going to want more. And they're going to come back where if we had not helped them do that, then chances are they would have never bought a product just because they didn't have the confidence to do it. Yeah, so cool. All right, well, I could talk with you all day, Rachel. There's so much to talk about here in regard to Facebook, but I mean, what I hope everyone has gotten out of this is, I mean, it doesn't matter where you start. It doesn't matter if you're a stay-at-home mom. It doesn't matter if you're a guy in a wheelchair sitting in front of a computer in a dingy little apartment on Medicaid. Everyone starts somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it can grow really big and you can help a lot of people. And that's, I think, what's most important is that they know that they've got it in them and they can do it. If a mom of six kids can do it, working at home with her six kids, one of them is about to walk in the door any minute now. Or like like John, like we can do it, guys. You've got this. You've got this. You've got this. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. So if people want to find you. I'm you, on Facebook, Mula Marketer. Mula Marketer is where you'd like them to go. Mula Marketer, okay. yeah. Thank awesome. you.